You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. Every week we come to you with the best in healthcare information so that you can advocate for yourself and for your family. This show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only healthcare uh, think tank that's run entirely by doctors. So um, go to our website at www.d4pcfoundation.org and please uh, look through our website and and I think you'll learn a lot by doing that. We'll uh, uh, want you to uh, follow some of the uh, instructions that we're giving to the public to try to get you to uh, advocate and do things, whether that's calling your um, senators or congressmen or or just uh, um, being able to ask the right questions of, of your doctors or other people who, uh, who are involved in your health care. It's something that we're going to have a lot to talk about today. Um, so please... Contribute generously so that we can continue to do the work that we're doing, and and uh, no no amount of support is too small or too large. So please, again, go to our website and uh, and uh, support what the work that we're doing. So my, we're going to just get right into this today. My uh, guest today is uh, someone who uh, I, I've actually really looked forward to this interview. Um, I, uh, I, I met um, Dr. Um, McCary in Washington when I was invited to the e- executive order signing at the White House, and he was kind enough to uh, give me a copy of his new book entitled The Price We Pay, What Broke American Healthcare and How to Fix It. Um, I, and uh, in some of my travels, I, I took it with me and would read a chapter or two, and uh, the more I read, um, the more uh, interested I was in uh, what he had to say, and uh, because he's spot on, and, um, and this book is a must-read for anybody who is uh, interested in health care and is looking to understand why things are the way they are. And we talk about this on our radio show all the time, that we give you the information on this show that doctors talk about among themselves in uh, physician lounges all across the country. Well, this book is really a tell-all um, uh, effort to uh, give you that inside information, and it is uh, just a, a splendid effort on uh, on uh, Dr. McCary's part. So, Marty, welcome into the Doctor's Lounge. Great to be with you, Hal. Um, you know, th- let me let me just introduce you a little bit more. Dr. McCary is a surgical oncologist at Johns Hopkins University. He's a, a professor of uh, surgery and public health, and uh, he's uh, um, already a a best-selling author uh, of a previous book called Unaccountable. Um, uh, Marty, what what made you um, decide to uh, write this book? Well, Hal, um, you know, the issues that are presented to us by the politicians by the middleman of healthcare, by administration, those are not the real issues 
those are not the real decisions uh, that we need to make as a country. You know, the idea that we're a divided country, that you're for or against one thing. Look, the issues that no one is talking about, that we need to talk about, is middlemen, pricing failures, and inappropriate care. Those are the real drivers of our cost crisis. And when you, when you are so deep into the policy world uh, and you, you uh, read all the research and you uh, are in my position, from my vantage point as a professor of health policy, studying the pricing failures, studying the markups, studying the growth of the middle industry, studying the kickbacks, studying the secret pricing, studying the burden of reporting requirements in this middle industry on everyday practicing physicians. You can't help but say uh, somebody needs to speak up, okay? And as a doctor myself, as a practicing surgeon who also studies health policy, I just felt like uh, I needed to do something besides just show up to work and collect my paycheck. I needed to speak uh, what I was watching, what I was seeing, um, uh, and use the platform that God's given me in my role at Johns Hopkins to speak about the issues that no one's talking about. You know, Marty, this is what you just said is is very powerful about being a doctor, a practicing doctor, and being someone who understands about healthcare policy. Because for years and years, we've been told as doctors not to get involved in this. Be be doctors. Don't worry yourself about about how much things cost or about the intricacies behind the curtain in healthcare. Just focus on on medicine and taking care of your patients, and leave the rest of us of this to us. Us meaning all of the special interests that have sucked out resources out of healthcare away from patients. And, uh, and are really the major contributors to what I call and what you've also called not, not a health care um, crisis, but a cost crisis. Health care costs too much money, and, and it doesn't need to cost a lot of money. Yeah, and you know what? People are not coming to us now because of this cost crisis. People are at home sick and scared to come to the doctor because the hospital's billing department is going to gouge them or someone's going to take it take advantage of them financially uh, with predatory billing. No, I agree, Hal. And, you know, it sounds like uh, the financial banking crisis, doesn't it? Yes, it uh, does. This is too complex. Leave it to us experts. You can't understand it. These are very complex systems. And you know what? The big short movie explained it all. It's not that complex. It was very simple what was going on, and it was wrong. And I wanted to sort of create the big short for healthcare by explaining these money games to everyday people, creating healthcare literacy, just like the movie The Big Short created financial services literacy. Well, you did a great job in this book. Every the you've you've really outlined um, very. Um, I think concisely and and uh, and uh, clearly for people who are not healthcare insiders like you or I about what this is, and even someone like myself, I, I learned some things from your book that I had really I had a, a, a superficial 
understanding of, but you really blew the doors off of some of these issues like uh, pharmacy benefit management uh, companies, for example, and uh, and the spread. So we're going to go into a few of these things. But the the big, really, I think that there's your book seems to focus, and you, I think you outlined this right at the beginning. Um, it, it focuses on the cartel, the hospitals, the insurance companies, um, pharmacy, and all the middlemen. But um, you, the middlemen are are really the they're the, the I think the 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 secret sauce behind why why healthcare costs so much. Would would you would you agree? Yeah, a lot of people are making a ton of money in healthcare right now. I mean, just look at each stakeholder; they are make, they are on track for record profits this year. A lot of people are beginning rich. We've created. Tens of thousands of millionaires in healthcare that are not patient-facing. At the same time, doctors and nurses' salaries have been stagnant. Or going down. Or going down. Or going down. So um, the the money trail, I think, is pretty simple, and and we just need to uh, stick together. You know, I want to just mention real quick how... For each of these problems, I identify a disruptor, and I left in the end from all this research optimistic that we're going to do this. We're going to reclaim the profession. I, I That's why I, I do the show every week, and I come to work every day, because I am an optimist. If you know, if Those of us who were not optimists have left the field and you know in disgust and uh and and way earlier than we wish that we uh we we had intended but um let's 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 get granular and talk about a couple of specifics in your book which which I really um think needs needs to be pointed out let's let's start with hospitals and um and predatory billing yeah why don't you tell so, a story? Tell the story. Uh, you know, I, I um, had the uh, opportunity to uh, to uh, spend a a weekend uh, at a retreat with uh, Cynthia Fisher, who was on our show a few weeks ago, and she was interviewing Wanda and her experience at Mary Washington Hospital. So, so uh, can you can you? Uh, um, uh, recount that story for us? Yeah, sure. It all started with our research on what we call the markup in healthcare. That is what uh, the charge is by a hospital above the Medicare allowable amount. And a markup is not evil or wrong. Um, it just should be proportional to the quality or the charity care that a medical center provides. And what we found is these markups were the Wild West. It was, you know, a crazy high markup at the hospital near uh, Vail Ski Resort. Now, is there that much charity care at Vail Ski Resort to all the homeless uh, skiers at Vail Mountain? No. That's one of the wealthiest group of people that walk in there in the country. This was uh, taking advantage of people at a time when they're vulnerable. And so when we got the research done on markups and saw these crazy prices over things that we routinely do in the hospital, thinking, who's coming up with these prices? 
uh, we, I took these prices to many hospital leaders around the country who, I've got to say, individually are good people, right? These are good people working in a bad system. And they would argue, well, Marty, nobody pays these prices. And I said, really? So we started to do the research, and growing up near the Amish country of Pennsylvania, I knew that the Amish would show up with bags of cash when their um, loved ones were in the ICU, and that cash came from the farmer's market. They paid whatever was charged to them. They did not believe in debt. And then we'd hear stories about people getting out-of-network bills and people who were underinsured and even uninsured. And you realize a lot of people are expected to pay these bills. So I went on this expedition around the country to sort of document how common patients were asked to pay these egregious high sticker prices. And I met Wanda uh, about an hour from my house. She is uh, works in a long-term care facility. She's one of our own. She's a healthcare worker. And she had not only um, received two tests that were probably both unnecessary, a CT scan and an MRI for a headache. One was normal, and then they did the other. Why you would do a normal, why you would do a a CAT scan after a normal MRI for a headache is beyond me. You know what, Marty, we're at a heartbreak. Clearly unnecessary. We're at a heartbreak. Mild headache didn't even warrant a scan uh, from her description. Hello. Marty, and hello, Marty. We're at a hard she break. She pay the bill in full. She's a single mom. She's a single mom. She works hard. She has insurance. She has a full time job. She has done nothing wrong. Marty, and the we're at a hard break right her now because she couldn't pay that bill in full. <laughs> they garnished her wages, and I realized most of America does not live like me, Marty. Um, hello, God's been good to us, Hal. Yeah, we're doctors. We're doing well in America. Half of America has less than $400 of cash on hand. And as I called my, my editor, who was my mentor, and he's a professor, professor of journalism, uh, he would say, as I was putting these stories together for the book, hey, hey, Marty, you've got to get on the ground. You've got to visit these people. You've got to travel. You've got to go to New Mexico, where I learned of a woman who had two kids with special needs and had a hospital-acquired infection and was given the giant bill for the ICU stay, and she was sued and her paycheck garnished. And you hear these stories, and it you know, makes you realize um, people are getting hammered out there. People are getting crushed. Wow. Well, you know what? We have a hard break right now, but we'll we'll talk more about the hospitals. But I want to I want to cover a lot of ground here, and we've got a lot to cover. So uh, we'll be back in in uh, momentarily. So stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. 
This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. The Business Hour, from 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back in the doctor's lounge. We're having a little bit of a technical difficulty with our guest, Dr. McCary, and his connection. Can you hear me, Marty? He still can't hear me. It's Yep. Yeah, you can hear me? Yep. Okay, perfect. I'm sorry that we had this uh, little glitch. This is very unusual. So we just heard about Wanda. We heard about predatory billing. Um, you know, what was very interesting was about some of the, um, the these practices by hospitals and their uh, how how uh, the the city of Carlsbad, New Mexico, um, is they're they're creating medical bankruptcy for for a large portion of of that community compared to um, the next town of Roswell, not thirty miles away, where they are where they're they're able to get care at a reasonable price. You want to just touch on that one as well. So, so he wrote the book, the 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 price we pay, and uh, we're we're going to take a break, and we'll we'll be back we'll be back in a moment, and we'll we're not we're going to do this a little differently. We're not going to take any more breaks on on this show. Um, we'll do a PSA right now. Um, I want to just tell everybody to uh, please. Um, uh, go to the Docs for Patient Care website, and uh, we've got our upcoming direct primary care meeting in uh, in November. It is the number one primary care meeting in the country, um, and we'll have over 400 uh, doctors who are direct primary care doctors, either in practice or wanting to go into practice, and it is clearly the uh, number one direct primary care meeting in the country. So so I encourage you to uh, sign up for this meeting if you have not already done so. Um, there's still a few tuition-free um, uh, spots available for those who've never been to this meeting, but those are um, uh, in short supply, so don't, uh, don't delay if you want to come to this meeting. This is uh, the week that you want to make that, that, that call. So please do that. Um, we're hopefully going to sort this out. I'm not sure what is the problem. Can you hear me now, Marty? He can't hear me. We, we, may, we may not be able to do this, this uh, show. Um, so uh, I, will, I will go through some of the things with... Uh, that uh, we will get if we can't get Dr. Uh, McCary back on the line, I will get him back into in on this show in uh, hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, so I will uh, give you a teaser about his book and and what what he wrote about because I, I really think that this is a must read for every individual in healthcare like myself 
who uh, who knew a lot of this, but but uh, didn't know details, just like uh, Dr. McCary has uh, has uh, pointed out. Um, so what he what he did was he um, was talking about the middlemen in healthcare, which are absolutely critical in in. Uh, uh, a critical piece of uh, the puzzle of why healthcare costs so much money, and the two big offenders. You know, we 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 point we point a finger at the insurance companies. We point a finger at uh, pharma at the big pharma, the big pharmaceutical companies, and yes, they're making record profits, but they're they've got people working for them to help drive those profits. With regard to pharmacy, what they have is what's called pharmacy benefit management companies. And these are companies that act as middlemen between um, the, f- the pharmacy and the patient. So um, let, let me um, uh, tell you, for example, what... what uh, if if you are a patient and you have a drug plan through your business, um, your employer is paying for your drug your drug plan. You um, you have you go to the pharmacy to get your prescription filled, and uh, that costs you a certain amount of money. And um, and so that that is um, a a uh, um, a prescription that uh, there's a uh, a schedule, and every drug, thousands of drugs, has a price that is associated with it. And I'm not hearing myself. Can you hear me now, Marty? Yes, I can. Okay, I, you know what? This is this. I don't know why we have had this problem, but you know what? If we don't cover this, I'm going to ask you to come back on a, on a different day from a different line. But but let's see what we can do to salvage the rest of the show. We've still got two full segments, so thank you for your patience. Um, so you know what i want to i started talking to the audience while you were on on while we were having this problem and we're not going to take a break we're just going to co- go right through um let's let's talk about uh the, the two big offenders in healthcare pricing the high cost of healthcare or we point the finger at uh at at uh the insurance companies and the the drug companies but they really have these middlemen that are doing their bidding and driving up the costs of care for every American. So let's let's focus first on the thing that just absolutely um, just blew me away, which was um, the pharmacy benefit management companies and the spread. Can you uh, can you elaborate on on that scam? Sure. So very few people know about pharmacy benefit managers, and we wrote the first article in JAMA about the middlemen of group purchasing organizations. These two uh, types of organizations, PBMs, 
and GPOs. They take kickbacks from pharma called rebates, but trust me, these are not like a rebate on cornflakes. And they take these kickbacks, but they call them rebates because they give a small fraction of it to the patient or to the employer paying for the care. And what they do is then they, the pharma companies with a gun to their head from these middlemen, they price in these kickbacks into the drug. And what you have now are individual companies with market dominance because they pay these essentially pay-to-play fees. And they've got so much market dominance in some parts that they can actually jack up their prices and rely on a more flimsy supply chain. Why do you think we have sudden shortages of saline and propofol and sub-Q heparin, things we've been using in the hospital for 50 years at a reasonable price, all of a sudden surge in price? Yes, there's some generic drug price collusion in pricing, and yes, there are some individual crazy, greedy companies like the Martin Shreckleys of the world, but by and large, these pharma companies, device companies and other manufacturers have to pay these sort of uh, kickbacks just to play ball. Now, the PBMs, which are the equivalent for outpatient medications, they handle outpatient medications, and GPOs are group purchasing organizations that handle inpatient medications as well as devices and supplies in hospitals. Um, they will charge the employer, say with the PBM space for the outpatient drugs, they'll charge the employer way more than they're actually paying the pharmacy for the same drug. And that's what we call spread pricing. It's sort of the business of middleman 101 is spread pricing. And actually, um, in doing the research for the book, I was able to find an internal document of a PBM that shows what they charged the employer for things like Lipitor, charging almost $200, but then paying the pharmacy less than $25. And that massive spread is a giant margin, and they are essentially gouging employers across the country. Yes, we need to address these kickbacks on a policy level, but with or without the government, and you know how that sometimes we just can't rely on the government to get anything done <laughs> for us. Uh, the swamp of special interests is too big. Individual private companies in America, employers, businesses, large and small, can cut through these money games overnight by renegotiating their PBM plans with their, with their PBM. Almost every business has a PBM. We tend to think of businesses as companies that buy health insurance off the shelf for their employees. Well, they're also buying a PBM. And so those PBM contracts um, uh, uh, enable gouging, and employers can smart better to create a competitive playing field around value in PBMs. And I show businesses how they can save a lot of money by doing that. What was what was so disturbing to me, Marty, was the the um, the, that you have in your book a page where I think the page that you were referencing where this is just on one single prescription where Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Well, this is a big disappointment. This is a first on uh, on America's Web Radio and uh, on the Doctor's Lounge, where we just could not connect with our guest. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, it was uh, <laughs> probably the show that I was looking forward to doing the most in quite some time because this um, book that Doctor. McCary wrote is uh, truly um, a a must read, and uh, he really um, points out all the problems that we're seeing in healthcare. He was talking about the pharmacy benefit management companies and um, how they are they are just sucking billions out of healthcare um, that is is uh just has nothing to do with with taking care of patients let me let me put this into perspective if you have a drug let's just say that you are um taking prozac and um the prozac um it is uh it costs um it's a it's an expensive drug so it costs the the pharmacy benefit management company that's managing your drug plan for your business is paying the pharmacy sixty dollars for that uh, pro, for for thirty Prozac pills and um, and then what happens is that um, the pharmacy benefit management company, the PBM, is charging the employer $126 for that same Prozac. So for doing nothing, for absolutely no effort, they're making $66 on that one prescription. For more expensive drugs like Lipitor, they are um, – are you there, Marty? Oh. I'm hearing something in my, in my. Uh, I'm taking this off. For more expensive drugs like Lipitor, they are, um, uh, they're they're not paying the pharmacy anything for the Lipitor because Lipitor is covered by the copay from from you the 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 patient, so they don't have to pay the pharmacy anything, and they still charge the employer money for that Lipitor. So they actually make a hundred and seventy three dollars on your Lipitor prescription. So let me again let me simplify this. If you have a drug plan, 
and you and your employer is paying for that drug plan, and the employer really isn't paying for the drug plan. That's the bottom line. You're paying for the drug plan because the money that the employer is spending on health care is money that would be going into your pocket. They would be giving you raises. They would be doing things that would benefit the, you, the workers, but instead they're diverting that money into health care and it's not even going into health care it's going into the pocket of the PBM the pharmacy benefit manager and they're just raking money out of this system and charging your employer $173 for your Lipitor prescription which they're not paying anything for just simply being the middleman and handling that transaction they are making $173 on that one prescription. And this is happening every day with millions of prescriptions, with millions of patients. And so the, the pharmacy benefit management company is, is um, a major reason why healthcare is so expensive. Let's look at, um, at insurance. The brokers, Dr. McCary points out insurance brokers. You know, when you're when you are an employer and you have a uh, um, so um, when when um, the uh, when the brokers are are um, trying to help your employer figure out what kind of insurance you should be uh, your your employer should be offering you, the broker is very often conflicted because they are getting kickbacks from the insurance company. So it's like if you um, knew that uh, driving a Kia, the Kia was a better car, but you know what? Um, The Mercedes is, you know, you're going to get a lot more money to get that person to purchase a, a Mercedes than a Kia, you'll try to tell the, the, um, the consumer why that Kia is a bad idea. Oh, it's not safe, or there are problems, you know, with, with uh, you know, the brakes, or um, it does not, you know, it's, it, it breaks down too much. You'll find reasons why you're talking the consumer into buying the more expensive product. Well, unscrupulous brokers do the same thing with businesses, and they will tell a business that um, this insurance is a better insurance plan because they've got a better network of doctors, they they process claims faster, better patient satisfaction, when in fact the insurance companies may be paying this broker tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, to uh, uh, sell that insurance to the employer, even though it may be more expensive and even though it might not be better. And then they're incentivized to keep the, the insurance um, uh, that, a, that a business has already um, uh, purchased when it comes time for renewals so that instead of looking for cheaper options, 
they're incentivized to continue to try to get the employer to maintain their current insurance. And so the kickbacks that the brokers get from the insurance companies are what is driving the high cost of insurance and and having businesses purchase insurance plans that are way more expensive than they can get if they were comp- in a competitive market or they were comparatively shopping and um, and and that that those two issues you know again we complain about insurance companies and pharmacies but it's those middlemen it's the the uh, the the industry that has been created by um, uh, putting themselves between the the service that the patients are receiving and the patient and and uh, siphoning off a large amount of money that is really causing this problem um, Dr. McCary points out in his book about the um, the he, it, one chapter is called the ride, and I really I really uh, uh, again um, was disgusted but uh, but informed about about what was going on with the ride. The ride is the transport of of patients from one facility to another or from the scene of an accident to the hospital and this has become a major giant big business um he talks about helicopters helicopter transport there was a time where helicopters were part of the transport system that hospitals ran and it was all part of the of the uh, hospital experience well it became clear that there was big money to be made in helicopter transport. And so what took place was that companies got into the business of creating a, a, uh, a transport model where it would be not covered by insurance People would not know about how much it was going to cost until after the the trip, and in many cases, um, that that transportation um, exceeded the cost of the of the helicopter or the airplane. He points out in in that chapter about um, about air transport, where um, uh, taking a patient. Across the country, um, they were being charged over three hundred thousand dollars for that ride, and the cost of that airplane that th- it was a, a thirty-year-old airplane, and you know when you factor in depreciation and how much that airplane really cost. The the cost of the ride was twice as expensive as the cost of the airplane, so there is there's gouging in every aspect of healthcare that people are not even aware of, and the the one thing that was really um, uh, just I wanted to talk to him about, and we will get him back on this show and do and do this again, but um, he was talking about. Um, the wellness industry, how wellness 
has become part of the woke mentality. And if you don't provide a wellness experience, that um, your insurance rates will be higher. Well, there is every single um, uh, piece of, uh, of uh, well, every part of health care <clears throat> has an industry attached to it. And those industries are all the special interests that make money. Most of the wellness experience that people are um, uh, seeing has absolutely no scientific basis. Companies will have patients or the employees go to a wellness fair where there'll be people who are non-medical people wearing white coats who look professional, who will be taking blood pressures, who will be walking around with stethoscopes around their neck, talking about about diets that people should be on that have no scientific basis, talking about blood tests that they should be getting um, to screen when, in fact, those screening tests in certain populations are not even indicated. For example, doing um, colon cancer screening in a 30-year-old is not even indicated by any professional medical societies, and yet in well in the wellness industry, you see screening um, fairs and all kinds of other um, uh, fairs with people who have an interest because they're making money from this, and it is just adding to the cost of health care. The one area which was a little bit disturbing and and as a physician who prides himself as a a good doctor and a patient advocate i know that there are people in in my field in my in medicine who don't have the best interests of the patients at heart unfortunately that is true in every single aspect of of uh of society in every industry in every profession there are people who are just not good people and there's just you know that's just life um we hope that it doesn't happen in medicine but every doctor knows of of uh colleagues who are doing procedures they shouldn't be doing doing unnecessary procedures doing um procedures, um, uh, cutting corners, doing things that, that uh, just don't pass the, the smell test. And um, he points out how that, too, is driving up the cost of health care. And there was something very interesting that, he was, that, that Dr. McCary points out in his book about uh, if you really get granular and you talk about and you drill down and look at practice patterns, you can find um, the problem areas um, in medicine themselves. Because, you know, we can't just blame the high cost of health care on everybody else and not um, be introspective or critical and look at, at what we are doing um, ourselves. And... Um, what was interesting was he pointed out to um, 
uh, looking at cesarean sections when when um, um, the uh, the um, obstetricians um, the their 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 medical society uh, looks at what the norms would be for cesarean section rates and there's some cesarean sections um, some some um, hospitals that where they are outliers they're doing way more cesarean sections than other hospitals are or certain doctors are and what the 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 uh, that that number should be I think has been um, somewhat controversial or disputed I think that it's in the 10 to 15 percent range maybe 20 percent there's enough data to suggest that most cesarean sections are not medically indicated. There are definitely reasons why they often would be, but by and large, it's better for women to deliver um, vaginally. And, and but but nonetheless, there are some doctors who have um, extraordinarily high cesarean section rates, and so. Dr. McCary and his team went and tried to drill down and look at some of these um, practices, some of these hospitals, and they found a startling thing in one group. In one group, they found that there were uh, doctors who were being told about their high cesarean section rates, and they tried to, to work on that and drill down, and they found that one of the doctors was an outlier. He was his cesarean section rates were were unacceptably high, and and what did he find? He found that this doctor did most of his cesarean sections on a Friday, and um, and and that was in an attempt to get out of the hospital for the weekend and control his schedule. Another doctor was not doing was doing cesarean sections after three thirty in the afternoon, so he wouldn't have to stay around and wait for women to go through labor or have to come in in the middle of the night. And when you we point these things out to doctors, you know, the, a lot of doctors are not doing this intentionally. They are doing it um, out of convenience to themselves or or it's just become part of their practice patterns. But doctors, by and large, are competitive people and they don't want to be outliers. They don't want to be the one in the group or in the hospital who are doing things that stand out in a bad way doing more cesarean sections, doing more knee replacements, doing more spine surgeries, things that are a little bit controversial. And that's a little bit harder to drill down to and to sort out. But that's the kind of effort that needs to be done on a on a grand scale to try to control the cost of health care. So, so what his book points out to the um, average reader is that there are a number of things that have contributed to the high cost of, of, um, of health care. Um, many of them are... Um, are ingrained in the cartel, in the system. And Dr. McCary gives 
some solutions as he the few minutes that we had him he pointed out where he points out what the problem is but then tries to be optimistic and talk about what the solution is um the um the others are a little bit more difficult to to parse out and to um solve but at the end of the day healthcare is solvable it does not cost a lot of money we've seen people who have tackled this issue um the surgery center of oklahoma and keith smith hip nation what we're doing here in atlanta or what other direct primary care doctors are doing around the country there are clearly disruptive healthcare models that are questioning the orthodoxy about the high cost of healthcare healthcare trans- price transparency a very big effort right now how we go about this is clearly going to um, uh, impact on how healthcare is delivered and how we we uh, pay for it. But but um, healthcare is the only industry, the only business, the only consumable that we have in the world where you don't find out what the cost of it is until after you have experienced it. Um, so these are all solvable problems. I was um, hoping to uh, – One, of, Dr. McCary did not cover a couple of things in his book that I was hoping to uh, pick his brain about uh, that are also huge contributors to the high cost of health care, um, such as defensive medicine and malpractice. And part of the reason why doctors may over-treat or, or over-test – things that he points out may be because there is a fear of being sued. He points out in, in his book about um, about the overuse of antibiotics, which is a very large problem. And uh, the reason why we why this has occurred is because of the, the fear of uh, of um, uh, being sued if you miss an infection. He also talks, uh, devotes a chapter to the opioid crisis. Again, something that is a terrible, terrible problem, a scourge on our society, but um, but in large part is a uh, reaction to uh, to the um, the fact that pain had been elevated to a level where you need to address it. It was the fifth vital sign and patient satisfaction was important and you wanted them not to give doctors a bad score if they weren't addressing pain. So we will get Dr. McCary back on this show. I I am sorry that we had this problem today and the show did not turn out quite the way that we wanted. Um, I uh, hope that you'll uh, come back and, and join us uh, next time in the Doctor's Lounge. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.